0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Happy Friday and thanks for listening to this week's edition of Take Two. This is Heidi Hatch with KUTV2 News. You can see me also on TV at 5, 6, and 10 p.m. Monday through Friday. It is Good Friday today, Passover as well, so I gave my guests a well-deserved break today, so I am sitting in the studio all by my lonesome today. Uh, As per usual, it has been a crazy, busy week in politics. Uh, When Greg Hughes and Mara Carabello return, I do want to sit down with them and talk to them a little bit about the drama uh, that we've all seen surrounding Elon Musk and Twitter, his big stock purchase, his refusal to join the board, and when the seat came with a bunch of rules in his massive offer slash hostile takeover option it'll be interesting to see what happens so at the heart of this conversation really is is there such thing as free speech online with only a handful of major companies running the show where we all discuss sometimes not so amicably the news of the day. Well, today in Utah, the news of the day, and I think all eyes have been on CNN, a report that was released early this morning. CNN uh, obtained text messages of separate conversations that then-White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows had at the time with Republican Senator Mike Lee and also Republican Representative Chip Roy of Texas. This was after the 2020 presidential election, and some of the texts Running through January of 2021. Now, KUTV reported on that leak today, along with reaction from Becky Edwards, Ali Isom, and Evan McMullen, all of them looking to unseat Utah's senior senator. The senator's office also today releasing a statement about this. I'll read you his statement. I'm going to post all the information online in case you've been hiding under a rock. But the text messages uh, Lee's office say tell the same story. Senator Lee told from the floor of the Senate the day he voted to certify the election results of each and every state in the nation. They tell the story of a U.S. senator fulfilling his duty to Utah and the American people by following the Constitution. So, again, if you missed our coverage today, I'm going to post all of that online for you. You can click the link and read up on it uh, a little bit yourself. So, the reason why I'm telling you about this is yesterday... Before any word of these leaked texts happened, I actually sat down in studio here at KUTV with Senator Mike Lee. Uh, We talked about inflation, his specific plans to help reel in some of the spending and help get that inflation under control. That included a housing bill that would allow local governments an option to buy federal land at a discount and then use it to build more affordable housing. It's called the Houses Act. We talk a little bit about that. During the podcast, you'll also hear us refer to a state of inflation tracker. That video will be posted online next week if you want to see how that works. We've also posted a link in this podcast to the inflation tracker if you want to Check it out yourself. If you've been paying attention this week, you saw the new numbers coming out nationally. Uh, we've reached 8.5% in inflation. It's the highest it's been since 1981. This tracker shows Utah at 11.9% inflation, so the Rocky Mountain West certainly seen more of that uh, than other states. So, again, I'm going to post all that information online. This data tracker does come uh, from a Republican committee. They get all their information from the Bureau of Economic Analysis, Personal concerns Consumption expenditures, Bureau of Labor Statistics, Consumer Expenditure Survey, and also the census. So, again, we're going to post all of that information if you are listening to this right now and you want to read up more on it. Uh, During our conversation with Senator Lee, I asked him about a few other things that were important. Uh, You've probably seen the viral video at this point of him. As he was walking out of the historic SCOTUS hearing where Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson was confirmed, you saw all of the Democrats standing on one side and applauding, and then they panned to the other side, and you see uh, Senator Mitt Romney standing there applauding on his own, and Senator... The walking out of the chambers. I asked him about that and we also talked a little bit about the upcoming election, how he voted for his now rival Evan McMullen, in the 2016 presidential election and also recently President Trump's endorsement of him two weeks ago. Does that endorsement hurt or help him and did he accept it? Listen in now to our conversation again that was recorded on Thursday, April 14th with Senator Mike Lee. Joining us in studio today is Senator Mike Lee. Thanks so much for being with us.
0: Thank you, it's good to be with you.
1: The biggest thing people are talking about right now is what affects them, what they're seeing every day, and that happens to be inflation. Uh, Inflation right now, if you look on social media, it's either hashtag, you know, Putin's price hike on one side or hashtag Biden's inflation. But it seems to me like it's a lot bigger problem than what one hashtag on the right or the left wants to tell you.
0: Oh, that's right. And it's much bigger in some parts of the country than elsewhere. And here in Utah, we're being hit especially hard. In fact, nobody's getting hit harder than we are. We estimate that since this recent inflationary trend began in earnest the beginning of last year, uh, Utah households have seen a huge spike they are spending $702 a month more every month on the same basket of goods and services that they were buying uh, 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 as of uh, the beginning of last year so what that means is that even if inflation stops even if there's no additional inflation beyond this the average Utah family is going to see $8,429 of additional expenses that's not going toward uh, college tuition for the kids or a down payment on a house it's just going into inflation, into nothing.
1: And once prices go up, they rarely go back down again. So this is something that we'll have to get used to.
0: That's right, they're sticky. Prices tend to be sticky. And that's one of the reasons why it's important to control it once it starts.
1: So we got new numbers coming up with the federal government this weekend. I believe nationally, 8.5% was the inflation rate. The last time it was that high was 1981. At that time, I believe that mortgages, our parents were probably paying 16, 17% at the time. Are we headed in a direction where we're going to have to see the Federal Reserve do something where our mortgage rates aren't just going to go up, up, up just by a little bit, but we're going to have to see some dramatic increases to get us back to where we need to be?
0: Seems like a likely possibility. The Federal Reserve Bank has already announced that people can expect rate increases. They've been reluctant to say how much. But, yeah, conventional wisdom seems to be that you, you have to have interest rates that match or exceed The inflation rate and right now the inflation rate is so high it worries me where things could go
1: so uh, you built a map with the joint economic committee tell me who the committee is and what you normally do
0: so i'm the top-ranking republican on the senate side of the joint economic committee it's a joint bicameral committee house members and senate members and uh, we evaluate economic trends we put together this map uh, that allows people to track inflation since this trend began And to track not only the rate of inflation according to their region and their state, but also what that translates to in terms of their increased monthly expenditures per household
1: okay Um, i want to walk over the map and show people but if you look at utah uh, we have that pulled up right now but most of the country if you look i'm going to click off of for a second you can see on the east coast they're kind of light pink salmon colored then you get over here to the mountain west and it's red you click on utah right here and we're seeing state inflation at 11.9 percent and that's 702 dollars you mentioned per month or monthly cost to households why when we look at the whole Mountain West, is it a lot darker red on this map than the rest of the country?
0: So the darkest red area reserved for the Mountain West indicates that for uh, various reasons, including the relative cost of energy, relative cost of housing, uh, other goods and services people buy, for various reasons, those are higher. It's hitting, inflation's hitting Utah's higher than it is people in other parts of the country. And that's why we break it down to what it means per household, the average Utah family is getting hit really hard.
1: And I think a lot of people are thinking, you know, Utah did fairly well. We keep seeing numbers coming out and showing that Utah, you know, kept businesses open, kept schools open. Then you look at other states over here where maybe more schools were shut down, but they only have 9.4 percent. I hate to say only because 9.4 percent is not good. But uh, the inflation hasn't been as high. Is it possible because some of these states where the inflation hasn't gone as much up, maybe their prices were higher in the first place?
0: Yes. Some of this has to do with where prices were at the outset of the trend. Uh, It also just has to do with basic supply and demand, how much our population has increased. Uh, All of those things go into the basket. But uh, due to a combination of all these reasons, we're getting hit really hard.
1: Okay. Any other states when you were building this and looking at it stood out to you on the map and you were thinking, okay, that's a good example of why we're seeing what we're seeing?
0: Yeah. So uh, Utah's being hit hard. Uh, Colorado is also being hit hard. They're also seeing 11.9%. In Colorado, just based on the demographics and based on what they were already facing, their average annualized cost is even higher than ours, $8,686. There are a few other parts of the country that also got hit hard, but nobody's being hit harder than the Intermountain West, and that's why it's a particular concern here. Another thing that's noticeable here, even in these states, where you see the uh, so-called smallest rates of increase, they're still high. Uh, North Carolina, 10.5 percent, 9.7 percent in Alabama, 8.2 percent in Pennsylvania. And so, even though their their average increase uh, in monthly cost per household is only $426 a month, there that's still huge that's still a big increase
1: it is a lot of money Uh, where does all of this information come from and how do people look at this to understand a little bit more about what's happening in their own state
0: this is drawn from data that we obtained from the bureau of labor statistics and uh they can if they want to look at this they can go to jec.senate.gov and follow the links to the J.E.C. Republican state inflation tracker.
1: Very good. And so we've got this all here. People can look it up. We'll post a link to it. You can click on any state and they'll give you that information specifically. Whoops. I want to click to Utah here. We're at the very bottom of the list. It's like when you're scrolling for your age these days. It takes me a little while. But uh, when they look here at Utah's monthly household inflation costs, what are they looking at here when they pull up the state specifically?
0: Yeah so they're they're looking at uh, how this breaks out per household they look at a combination of the rate of inflation broken down by region and then what that breaks down to in terms of uh, uh, household size average uh, income per household and average expenditures per household for the same basket of goods. So that's the really important thing to remember here is that these it's not that people in Utah are just spending more just because they're being frivolous. They're not. This is just for the same things that they already have to buy. But the irony is, the tragic irony, is that they're less able to afford everything in that basket. Every time y- 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 you find yourself at the gas pump and you just need enough gas to take your kids to school, to get to and from work, you get hit harder at the same time that you go to the grocery store on your way home And everything's more expensive there too
1: yeah mentally it feels painful because we know what prices are i went to costco the other day and i always feel like i go out spending an arm and a leg but it was much higher because everything's just incrementally more i think a lot of people have been concerned that the prices have really been going up since uh the war has been happening with Russia and Ukraine. But if you look at these numbers, this is something we've kind of been getting used to and has been going up, not even very slowly, but since last year. A lot of people with a lot of extra money in their pockets, likely from the government checks that were going out and uh, fewer goods when we shut down, I'm assuming economies and people don't have everything coming in. It kind of plays into this inflation.
0: Absolutely. Look, anytime the federal government spends money that it doesn't have, especially if it's doing so to the tune of twenty. Uh, of trillions of dollars at a time, as we did in 2020, and as we did in 2021, and and a lot of that's still moving through the economy. You're going to have each dollar have less spending power. It's the, the classic description of inflation is that it's too many dollars chasing too few goods. Doesn't make everyone richer when you print more money. It just, in fact, very often makes Uh, poor middle-class Americans poorer.
1: And that's scary thinking that your money's not going to have the value you think it is if you've been saving up for years in your bank account. Uh, The election's coming up so I want to sit down and talk some issues about that because we can talk for days and I think every side could talk about how bad the inflation is right now but I think the Federal Reserve plays a role, the President plays a role, uh, the world economy plays a role, Congress plays a role. What can be done? What can you done? uh, What can you do specifically to make a change because we have too much money in the economy and it has to stop at some point. Do either party, do Republicans, Democrats, or coming together have the ability to say, okay, let's stop spending or is that never gonna happen?
0: I think we do because I think we're forced into this position now and there are things we can do about it. I've introduced a few pieces of legislation that would help. One of them is called the Price Act. The Price Act says that anytime inflation nationally reaches or exceeds 3% and we're way above that right now. Congress, in order to spend any money at that moment, has to have the approval of three-fifths of every member of the Senate. What that does by creating a supermajority spending requirement, we make it less possible, less easy for Congress to spend too much money. We've also got a significant amount of inflation in the housing sector. and i'm trying to ease that through something called the houses act which i've introduced which would allow the federal government to set aside land land that's not within the portfolio of wilderness area national park national forest or anything like that just garden variety dusty sagebrush filled uh, uh blm land and allow it to be sold sell it at a discounted price to state or local governments who can then develop affordable housing on
1: now the vast majority of utah is owned by the federal government a lot of it is in land that's would be a tough commute if you had to work in mm-hmm. draper or salt lake or ogden are there pieces of land when you look at it that this could make a true difference where if local governments could buy this up and start building housing there that we could see fairly immediate impact?
0: Yes, without question. In fact, in basically every uh, urbanized area in the state, it's at least commutable from a place where there is some BLM land that could be suitable for this purpose. And in some parts of the state, it would make a huge difference. Uh, take St. George, for example, in Washington County. You, The biggest... It's the fastest growing metropolitan area in the entire country. A lot of federal land there, federal land that's not um, delicate, that doesn't have to be preserved. And if if we just took 1%, just 1% of the federal land in Utah, according to the formula that we've got, you could increase the housing supply by 50% in Utah. You don't even need to build on all of that. But we've got more than enough land to do that with just 1% of the federal footprint.
1: Do you have support of Democrats at this point for this proposal?
0: It's new legislation. I've been shopping it around with a bunch mm-hmm. of Democrats. A lot of them are intrigued, and I think we're going to get some Democratic support.
1: Okay. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of support for much going on in Congress of late. I know that uh, a lot of people were upset. I was watching social media when you and your colleague, Senator Romney, voted against the funding that would uh, send some of the funding for the Ukrainian war. But it was attached, attacked, uh, attached on, I can't talk today, to a much larger your spending bill if you keep voting like that and try to take a stand but the bill still pass is there any difference that can be made because obviously you're doing this because you're saying okay it's attached to this spending that we don't want yeah. the bigger spending bill but the money still gets spent
0: right let's talk about that bill for a minute yeah. that bill came out you know, spent over 1.5 trillion dollars 2,700 pages plus Long We had it less than 36 hours before we had the chance to vote on it. This is a technique that has been proven useful. It's a problem of bipartisan creation. The bipartisan, I call it, the team of uh, Schumer, McConnell, Pelosi, McCarthy. They put it together in secret. Nobody got to see it. Nobody got to debate it or amend it. This kind of spending that spends too much in bad places will continue until they no longer can. We've steadily seen the number of people willing to vote for bills in that type of setting diminish. It's going to continue to diminish, especially as the, the rampant effects of inflation created by that kind of spending are seen. So we're making progress on that, and we're going to bring that to a, to a halt.
1: While we're talking about votes, uh, the latest uh, Supreme Court nominee hearing happened. You came out before that and said that you would be uh, voting against uh, Judge Jackson Brown. You voted against her, and then in the end, I'm sure you've seen the video looped on every news channel there is, uh, Democrats were standing and applauding, Senator Romney was left on the Republican side, and you were walking out. Do you regret walking out instead of staying there for uh, that historic moment, or was there reason behind why you left?
0: Well, I was there for the entire historic moment. Most of my Republican colleagues had left. I was running late for some meetings back at the office. Most of the Republican senators had left by then. I decided to stay because I wanted to be there for the historic moment. So, uh, yeah, I never dreamed that it would have gotten any kind of media attention that I would have been seeing. I I can see how people could see that in isolation and not be comfortable with it. But I stayed through the bitter end. It's typically what happens. Members leave after a vote is over. In fact, usually they leave after they themselves have voted. I was one of the very last Republicans there.
1: Uh, I did hear a couple people being paged down there uh, to, to make their vote heard. So maybe caught looking worse than it was. Oh,
0: absolutely, uh, absolutely. Look, I, I was there to show respect for her office and for her. Look, I, I, I like Judge Jackson. I really like her personally. Would love to have been able to vote for her. When I reviewed her record, her jurisprudential philosophy and approach doesn't sufficiently match with mine that I could feel comfortable voting for. I wish her well, and that's one of the reasons why I stayed there to the bitter end uh, of the vote.
1: I don't know if you've heard, but there's an election coming up. i yeah. uh You got 28,000 signatures uh, to be on the ballot for the primary, along with Ellie Isom and Becky Edwards. This is the first time that you'll have competition in a primary election coming up. What changes for you, if anything?
0: Well I'm continuing to uh, articulate my view, uh, my message, which is the federal government's too big and it's too expensive because it's doing too many things it wasn't intended to do. Uh, we've, we've got a lot of support, we're building that support as we visit with people throughout the state
1: if people look online you have a twitter account for senator lee and then Mm -hmm. you also have one for your campaign and when you scroll through the campaign one i can see everyone who's backed you so far in the race uh i think it was about a week ago maybe a little more than that on april 1st former president trump said that he was endorsing you for the race and in the endorsement it was in former president trump fashion that he threw out a couple kicks to people on the side i think he called evan mcmullen your challenger mcmuffin he said something about the lesser senator romney in there Does this help or hurt you when you get an endorsement like this?
0: Well, look, uh, it it depends on the person you're talking to and whether it makes them more or less inclined to do that. I've got a lot of support from a lot of people uh, from throughout the state, throughout communities in Utah, and nationally. And he's uh, the the, the latest national figure to choose to endorse me. uh, He's someone who I don't always agree with, and I speak very differently than he does. I'm grateful nonetheless for his endorsement, and and uh, got to know him while he was serving as president, just as I've gotten to know each of the three presidents uh, with whom I've served while I've been in the United States Senate.
1: Random question that just popped into my head. Evan McMullen was running against President Trump at the time. Uh, when you came down to the decision making of who you were choosing for president, did you give Evan McMullen a thought as voting for him for president or was it President Trump during that election?
0: In 2016, mm-hmm. I voted for Evan McMullen. I, I signaled that publicly at the time. I wasn't comfortable with President Trump. I'm still mad at him for how he treated some of my uh, Senate colleagues when they were running for president, too, and I wasn't sure where he was going, didn't believe some of the things he said. After he was elected, I sat down with him, and we had a, a frank exchange, and I told him, look, insofar as you fight to defend the Constitution, we'll have no greater ally, insofar as you undermine it, I'll be a thorn in your side and a pain in your neck. And uh, he, he appreciated the frankness, and he and I developed a good working relationship after that. I don't always agree with everything he did, but I I appreciated many things that he did do uh, that were helpful to the country.
1: Last question, because I know you have to run to other things, but Evan McMullen will be in the election in November. He's got the backing of some big Democrats here in the state. Ben McAdams, uh, County Mayor Jenny Wilson. They're saying that it's better to throw their votes behind him than a Democrat, Kel Weston, who they think can't get anywhere. Uh, ben McCann has been saying over and over again that he believes that if there were not a caucus with either party that Evan McMullen would be able to be on assignments. Have you ever seen that happen in the Senate? Yeah,
0: I, I, I'm not sure what he means by that. It's, it's kind of like saying if there were uh, if there were no Washington, D.C., or if there were no political parties in Washington, D.C., what would be the outcome? I don't know. There are political parties. You don't have any ability to get committee assignments unless you caucus with either the Republicans or the Democrats. Evan McMullen has been very clear he will not caucus with the Republicans. So Evan McMullen, who voted for Joe Biden and campaigned for Joe Biden in 2020, is now saying he will not caucus with Republicans. That is significant.
1: All right. It'll be interesting to watch. Uh, final word from you.
0: Yeah. Look, uh, Utah is weathering storms well, just as we always have, as we always will. We're facing some particularly difficult ones right now. Difficult ones that have been made more difficult by virtue of the federal government spending too much, doing things that it's not supposed to do. I'm doing everything I can to rein that in and to bring inflation under control by controlling Washington.
1: Okay. If people have ideas of how you think you should do that, what's the best way to contact your office?
0: Leaforsenate.com.
1: All right. Very good. Thank you so much for your time, Senator Lee. Thank you. Oh.